0: Hi everybody, welcome to the Out of Ireland podcast. My name is Osheen, and I'll be joined by my friends Connor and Dara. I already have a fairly serious true crime podcast and I always wanted to do one about history and especially the history of the Irish diaspora. So during lockdown in 2020, over a couple of pints and a couple of Zoom calls with my two best friends, we came up with the idea of Out of Ireland. It's a bit loosey-goosey though, Connor. What, what do you think of kind of what we have?
1: Yeah, it's a shame your two best friends couldn't do it, but me and Dara jumped in. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, But yeah, but seriously, I do work as a tour guide. So I'm always interested in Irish history and I'm always particularly interested in the weird Irish history. And since I've lived abroad, I think all three of us have lived abroad at one point in our lives. uh, I think it's just kind of really fun to explore what Irish people got up to when they went abroad. And
2: I can't remember agreeing to doing this. So, you can tell (laughs) me what we're here for.
0: Probably over a bottle of whiskey. (laughs) Dara, I'm roping you into this podcast. (laughs) Actually, we kind of did rope you into it. He tried to back out a couple of times. We were determined to get that sultry voice in. <laughs> yeah, Dara's mainly
2: here for the voice.
0: Yeah, yeah pretty I, much.
2: I had no value other than that.
0: Connor's <laughs> here
1: for the terrible puns. Um, I'm not too sure what my role is. But well, She already had a microphone. So it's kind of like, you know, when you're starting a band and someone already has a drum kit. You're like, ah, oh, yeah, go on, we'll get him in. Yeah, yeah I'm, the, I'm, the shitty,
0: I'm the shitty drum kit. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> okay, that's fine. I can handle that. I can handle that. I suppose for me, I just kind of like the idea that Irish people have spread all over the world. You know, we've, we've gone to all of the continents. We've had monks, we've had mountaineers, we've had voyages, we've had wars. And though these things happened all over the world, there was usually an Irish man or woman involved in some way. This podcast is an attempt to explain some of their weird, wonderful and downright amazing stories.
1: And when we say Irish people that were involved, we're taking that very loosely. They may have just seen Ireland from a distance, but we're going to claim them.
0: Yeah, do we have, yeah, we have to kind of establish some ground rules. I guess, yeah, well, what, Irish grandparents? Is that allowed?
2: Uh, definitely, they're allowed to play for Jack Charlton and bring us to the World Cup. So, yeah,
0: 100%. <laughs> okay, right. In that case, then, Grant, that, that really opens up the scope.
1: Yeah, I'm willing to pretty much accept anyone
2: Fictional uh, characters, fictional, anyone. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Who's the best fictional character? Best Irish fictional character?
2: Lucky Leplechaun. Charms? I don't know, yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> lucky, lucky
0: Charms aren't a character, they're a serial. Does.
2: Yeah, but it's a leprechaun, so I don't know. It's that concept.
0: <laughs> well, look, it'll be in episode 15.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so in that theme, we decided to tackle someone who isn't traditionally what you would think of as being Irish. But he did have an Irish mother. So, our first episode, we are looking at the life and story of Billy the Kid.
2: He was America's first and most celebrated Western anti-hero. It was claimed that he killed 21 men, one for every year of his young life, and the press portrayed him as a ruthless, psychotic killer. The reality was that Billy the Kid was none of these things. And in this podcast, we're going to go and search for the real Billy. (laughs)
0: Hey folks, welcome to the Out of Ireland podcast. I'm Usheen, I'll be joined by Dara and Connor today as we discuss Billy the Kid. So folks,
1: have you had a good week? Yeah, I've had a great week. Um, yeah, lockdown's ended, so we're kind of getting outside again, which is nice. Were we all queuing for pennies at
2: 6 o'clock this morning? Did yeah. you see that? we were recording... actually queuing
1: today's to the fir- pennies. Today
0: is the 1st of December and we're recording as like Ireland's opening up again and like there was massive queues for barbershops, massive queues for pennies. Clothes shops and all sorts.
1: Yeah. Disaster. Yeah. Pennies is a clothes shop. It's not just people queuing for pennies. Queuing for pennies. (laughs) Disaster. Yeah, it's mad. Like, of all shops to queue for, it's like where you go in to get, like, socks when your feet get wet in town. Well, in reality, though, if you think
0: of the shelf life of stuff, the clothes there probably last less than six weeks anyway, which was the length of the lockdown. So, everything they've worn has, like, worn through and they need to top <laughs> up again for two euro or something. like. You go into pennies with, like, ten euro and you can get, like, a full winter ensemble. Ish. I'm exaggerating slightly.
1: Yeah. You do have to wash it quite a lot to kind of wipe off a lot of the kind of child labour they have on it. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> and did you know, you know
0: when you, like, reach... You know when you, like, fondle clothes in a store? I don't know why I'm making it dirty. But you know oh when you're, God. like, touching clothes in a store and it feels really soft? Yeah. No. You know? Okay, well the clothing that you buy in a shop is treated with this spray that makes it feel really 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 soft but after the first wash that's gone
2: Sure, really- that's not pennies because they're using the wrong spray if that is <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's like sandpaper <laughs> can you can you buy that spray and just spray it on your clothes all the time i've no idea i feel like it's like a factory thing it's probably really bad for you as
2: well yeah, cancerous or something i'm sure
0: probably the water system
2: so in this intro we've talked about child labor <laughs> and we've slagged people that can't afford to shop in brown thomas
0: and we've talked about cancer that's nice i never yeah. said brown thomas but now dara's going to segue all three of these things into <laughs> our, our character for the week go why am i segway i've no idea i just want to toss the ball away from me <laughs> 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 i suppose we should stop talking shite and get to the meat on the bones of the show folks what do you think the meat of the sandwich maybe would have worked better than yeah
2: it. yeah well you know me <rather>.
1: Meat on the bones. We've been um, working for a segue, and you had it on a plate, much like a sandwich. And Billy the Kid loved go. sandwiches? Yeah,
0: okay, no, that's never, <laughs> it's never going to work. So we're going to talk about Billy the Kid today. He was a famous Western uh, outlaw, I guess is the way to describe him. And he lived quite an interesting life, and we found out a lot of interesting things. It's tough to figure out what's truth and what's false, because he lived so long ago and he's been written into so many different uh, annals of fiction. But we did our best to uncover as much as we could.
2: Yeah, just go looking at even the murders, you would have thought they'd be quite uh, well documented. But even then, there was some... Well, firstly, <laughs> it was reported that I've killed 21. But um, in reality, it was more like nine. And then also, you're looking at... The people didn't have the order of the murders as well. So, uh, yeah, even that detail, or them details, are, yeah. it's all over the place a bit.
1: The detail we haven't mentioned is how he relates to Ireland, actually. Um, oh, yeah. Because we've yeah. had a stellar record in the past so far. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> a lot of our uh, this person is Irish has been ten years at best, but his mom was actually Irish. So and and his dad was his dad Irish. Yeah, yeah, well, the bits I saw, yeah, both are both are Irish. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I saw they got married in New York, so I kind of half assumed he was. But yeah, she was Irish. She came on a boat uh, from Liverpool, so obviously one of those. Over, probably from Dublin over to Liverpool and Is on from there.
0: Around famine times or pre-famine times, do you
2: know? No, during the famine, yeah. They, they left because of the famine, yeah.
0: I was reading, they settled in New York, was it, Connor, or was it?
1: Yeah, so, yeah, the, they settled in New York and they did what most Irish people at the time did and went to the Five Points District. Billy's mother, well, Billy grew up in the Five... Yeah, <clears throat> Billy grew up in the Five Points District, which was one of the biggest slums in New York, which was in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Um, at the time doesn't exist anymore so Charles Dickens visited the Five Points District uh, and he described it he said all that is loathsome drooping and decayed is here and he also said that debauchery has made the h- houses prematurely old
0: so this this could be like a very early form of like a Yelp review
1: yeah it was actually one of the, the start of like travel writing which is kind of cool <laughs> what's, his,
0: what's his first one again that is such a brilliant like the ultimate
1: insult all that is loathsome, drooping and decayed is here. That's, yeah, that's a pretty solid yeah.
0: one-star review. Yeah, one
1: star. Do not recommend. No.
0: <laughs> I was actually doing a bit of reading and it said, I, you, you might have this point already, Connor, but um, that the mortality rate for children in that area was 25%. So one in every four
1: kids died. Billy, the kid's mother, <laughs> uh, Catherine McCarthy, she had two kids by uh, Billy's father and neither of them died. So she was excelling. She didn't have a lot of... like She was pretty ill, Like didn't have a lot of good health. And she was recommended by doctors to move west to find drier climates, essentially. Yeah, I think she had something like emphysema or something. TB, Hmm. TB, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, a pretty common thing is to move to a drier climate because, yeah, less moisture, I guess. You're coughing less or whatever. But she moved to Indiana uh, after uh, Billy's father died. So he moved to Indiana when he was about 12 or 13. And she met a guy called William Henry Harrison Antrim. And uh, she moved around loads. He was kind of cool. He was like a a gold p- prospector and he kind of, he was a bit of a del boy. He was like, this time next year, we're going to be millionaires. He's like, oh, we'll go here. They bumped around loads. They went to um, Nevada, they went to Colorado, and they ended up in Silver City in New Mexico because he heard of a, like a silver rush happening there.
2: You can only imagine what New Mexico was like at the time. Just it wasn't really a state. It wasn't part of America. It was part of... America was just doing a land grab in Mexico at the time. So I say it was, it was the wild, wild west.
1: It's actually before I even go on to the wild west times, there is a rumor. It's kind of unsubstantiated, but almost like figured out from who he would have been around at the time. But there are some people who claim that he was an Irish speaker as well, uh, because a lot of Irish immigrants were arriving in and he spoke English and Irish, allegedly and he would have he was kind of helping new irish immigrants while he was in new york find jobs and lodgings and stuff he also was very fluent in spanish so he had a lot of communication with the mexicans as well in new mexico so
0: he fit in very well but let's take a step back for a second so
1: he's known as billy the kid but his his birth name was what connor the man who ultimately became billy the kid was obviously not born billy the kid he was born originally henry mccarthy billy the baby billy the baby (laughs) yes
2: (laughs) I did did see someone, I don't know, someone referred to him as the infant rascal. Yeah, that (laughs) works. That works.
0: Apparently he never, like, he always had this, like, baby face. He never
1: quite hit puberty or
0: something. Like, you know. I
1: mean, he was 21 when he died, so it's, or actually, potentially 19 when he died. Uh, There's a kind of a, bit of a difficulty with the dates he was born. So there's, he was born in September or November. 1859. Or 1861, and that's kind of important later on when we learn about Pat Garrett, but we'll explain that when we get to it. So remind me of that when we come back to it. Um, But yeah, he had a few interesting names as he went on. So he kind of became... So the kid seemed to be the name you would get if you were like the young guy out West, in the Wild West. So like he was... When his mother married uh, William Henry Harrison Antrim, he took on the name Antrim. And he was kind of known as Kid Antrim for a while so he was out kind of doing cowboy bits and he was doing some cattle rustling and he was kind of involved in a few little bits of petty crime.
0: At the age of 14, though some disputed as a 15, um, Billy's mother passed away and his stepfather decided to abandon him. He wasn't really that keen on raising a young adolescent boy in the wild west. So Billy became an orphan then at that age and he moved into what is known as a, is it a workhouse or, oh yeah, it's a boarding house for kids. Mm. So you go in there and you kind of work to get, pay your way, I guess. Did you guys look into this at all?
1: Uh, I didn't see that he was paying his way. I just thought a boarding house is a pretty, like a uh, lodgings kind of thing where you just yeah. live and I you guess, guess it's there's like a woman who owns there. that house. Yeah, I, I didn't see it as an orphanage. I, th- I saw just a boarding house, which is just. He would go out and work, and this is when he started his, doing his cowboy bits and started a little bit of cattle rustling and getting involved with other people to pay. Okay, yeah, that rent. makes sense. Yeah. Well, it was in this boarding
0: house anyway, he met a man by the beautiful name Sombrero Jack. Yeah. So I wonder why he was called Sombrero Jack, because imagine if he never wore hats and he was like, Well, Like, it's just this, these nicknames are really
1: strange, I think. <laughs> I loved all the nicknames and the, because it just doesn't seem real. Like, I know, because we know it so well from Western movies and stuff. Yeah, you think this is all just stereotypes. Yeah, but someone went round and people seriously called him Sombrero Jack and he was probably
0: terrifying as well. So anyway, so Billy and Sombrero Jack, they um Sombrero Jack is the man who in theory introduced him to the life to Sombrero Jack is the man who introduced Billy to the life of crime. And he convinced Billy to rob a Chinese laundry together. And then he asked Billy if he could store the fruits of the laundry. I don't know what they would have stole clothes for, probably money. I but he wanted Billy the... to store it in the boarding house that Billy was staying in.
2: I saw that he had to, he took a gun. So he took a gun that was taken from the Chinese laundry.
0: Okay, that makes sense. So again, yeah. here we are straight away, folks, with the fact that there's low all sorts of sources saying all sorts So of-
1: yeah, what I found is I actually saw a couple of reports. One that they stole a gun, one that they stole some money, two guns and a load of clothes. And that Billy was supposed to hold on to the clothes for a while until it cooled down.
0: Yeah, I think that, I think either way, no matter what it was, something was stolen, hidden under his bed. And then the woman who owned the boarding house found it and she booted. Oh, she didn't even boot Billy out. She actually called the cops on him and he was arrested for the first time. So he yeah. was brought in and he was brought into a cell. If you can imagine like a small, how would you describe like a sheriff's office in the Wild West times? Like a log cabin that has cell, like any movies you would have seen. A log cabin that has these individual cells
1: yeah just so before you move on the the reason they one of the theories and why they decided to rob the laundry is because it was run by a man called charlie san who was chinese so he was like in a minority there so the, his logic was oh well if we rob them they're a minority everyone here is kind of racist so they won't bother investigating it properly wow lovely yeah. people yeah yeah so, Billy was a man of very
0: small stature. He was quite slight. He, I think he was a bit lanky, but he was quite slight anyway. Mm-hmm. And what he did was he asked the sheriff could he get out of his cell to stretch his legs so he could walk around the log cabin. You know, this is for imagery purposes. But walk around, stretch his legs. And the sheriff wasn't worried because he had locked the door of the cabin. But then I wrote this down, and I wonder will you guys understand it. Uh, Billy pulled a reverse Santa Claus. <laughs>
2: I was thinking <laughs> something like that. I was going to be like, it's it's kind of fitting around Christmas to be talking about this.
0: Yeah, well, do, well, do you understand what I'm saying? We did? Yeah, he went up a chimney.
1: It's not, yes, genius. You're not being super cryptic. <laughs> no,
0: I, know, I, don't, I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, okay, it's exactly. We're with you. Yeah. But
2: I mean, Santa so, has to go back up anyway, so I mean.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, then he just
0: pulled a Santa Claus, I guess. He pulled a half yeah. Santa. A half Santa. Exactly. <laughs> so he squeezed up the chimney and he escaped from the prison. So that was his first um, recorded escape. And this is what made it into the papers as well. And this was kind of his first little bit of notoriety in early life.
1: Yeah, the apparently the sentence they were going to give him, like they were kind of going to make an example of out of him and use him, like give him a really a stiff sentence, ish. So not like an insane, not just let him off, but kind of scare him straight. Essentially, okay. so if he had stayed in, he would have got like two, three weeks in jail, and then he would have been off.
0: Ah oh, shit, out. that's sad. But he
1: yeah, he just upped and ran. So pretty pretty much after this he was on the run for the rest of his life. And there was
0: one or two times where he actually tried to get back in line, back into society, but it just wouldn't really work out for him. That being said, he does get portrayed in a very what do you word? Like um you feel sorry for him, Light. But he yeah, did like some pretty violent stuff. Like
1: Yeah. But well, I feel like everything was pretty violent in the Wild West. Like there was it didn't seem to be any room for like being kind. Sensitive yeah, souls. Yeah I don't think I would have done very well. <laughs> I was about to say I'd be doomed. <laughs> we all see ourselves. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Darry, you might be okay with your voice. You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Scare them off.
2: Precisely. After the escape Billy headed towards Arizona and this at this stage it was 1877 um, and he kind of picked up some odd jobs again just working as a ranch hand or a shepherd and here he met his first victim which was Frank Windy Cahill or Cahill depending on what which way you say it um, so I'm going to stick with Cahill Cahill seemed to be a bit of a bollocks he picked on Billy and along, along with other people but especially Billy because as she was saying
1: he's slight and a, a
2: small man
1: I'd you're be... saying he picked on people but he was also nicknamed Windy so I mean people were picking on him and his flatulence maybe
0: no well because <laughs> Chicago is called the Windy City for the politicians full of hot air so maybe he just talked oh, about it yeah. Or maybe he farted a lot. Maybe he was a big farter, yeah.
1: Mm, Maybe,
2: like yourself, sometimes. Billy was aged seventeen at this stage, just moving on, Um, (laughs) (laughs) and obviously, America today—you can't drink until you're twenty-one. But in a bar at age seventeen, Billy and uh, Cahill came uh, against each other, and Cahill approached Billy and called him a pimp. So not the nicest name <laughs> but definitely can be called a lot worse yeah
1: <laughs> I love that like that was really out in if you're in like out west now the west coast of California someone calls you a pimp it's like that's really positive <laughs> is it positive? Maybe, this, maybe Wendy was ahead of his time and he was like hey Billy you're a pimp and he's like what did you say? oh I guess pimp is like a what like you're good with like, women? F- yeah like 50 Cent has a song P-I-M-P oh, yeah, yeah I don't think it's good though I suppose it depends on the tone, doesn't it? Yeah.
0: I wonder how Cal's tone
1: was. He was like, hey, Billy, you're up
0: him.
2: No, I don't or think so, because Billy Billy responded in calling her And this, is, I think, is better. A son of a bitch. So that was what was rumored to be said back to mm-hmm. so that kind of word. Cal wasn't happy with that, as you can expect. And he jumped on Billy, uh, tried to, or pinned him to the ground, gave him a few punches. Um, so Cal was on top of Billy. There was a bit of a struggle Kyle obviously being the bigger man, he, Billy had no chance. So Billy was scrambling, grabbed for his gun and shot him. And Kyle was dead the next day.
0: Ooh, And there is a little bit of like, um, not really controversy, but there is some variations of the story that say Cal was reaching for Billy's gun and Billy had to do it in self-defense. He really had no other choice. But yes. again, that's one of those things you, won't, you don't know.
2: Yeah, I saw there was one eyewitness or seemingly anyway, so. And the quote would be: "Billy had no choice; uh, he had to use his equalizer." Oh.
1: His equalizer.
0: Yeah,
1: everything's so much cooler. Oh man! Yeah,
0: <laughs> all the names. Like, wait until we get into the little bit. Well, we're actually nearly there. Mm. But um, actually, yeah, we could just segue straight into it now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a point, there? Are you good for now? No, if
2: you want to, if you have a good segue, I was just going to say, like, he just pulled his own goal. Gu- or sorry, he wasn't going to be found guilty, probably. But yeah, it was self-defense. But that's all.
1: So he skipped out after this murder and went to Mexico, didn't he?
2: Yeah, he went back to New Mexico, actually. Mm. So he went back oh. to where, yeah, he, he came wanted. from, really. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, which <laughs> makes no sense, but...
1: He's a bit of a homebody, isn't he? oh hey, yeah. Well, once <laughs> Poor
2: Billy doesn't seem to be the smartest old tool in the box there.
0: There was some story where he stole it. He was always stealing horses, but one time he stole it, and then the Apaches stole it off him, and he was forced to walk back into town, like, over days and days and days. So when he got back to New Mexico, now Billy, who changed his name to William H. Bonnie, um, he, here's where it gets a little bit complicated, folks, so just bear with me, but um, he started hooking up with a gang of rustlers who were known as The Boys. So rustlers, which I didn't quite figure this out, rustlers are kind of, they're small groups of criminals who go around stealing, I think, horses and maybe cows to sell. Yeah, yeah. I
2: also read that they were just going town to town and they'd just go into a restaurant and say chalk it up and they would eat and drink as much as they want and that was it
0: they would say chalk
2: it up yeah that was the phrase i was reading yeah
0: oh they just point guns at them like it's a stick up for dinner yeah i get or just like yeah i'll take whatever i want
1: is that like chalk it up to experience is that what they're saying to them like
0: (laughs) maybe i don't know yeah
1: i bet i bet all those bars had those swinging doors like salon doors definitely
0: Fun, fun segue, if you're ever in uh, the town of Cody, Wyoming, that's uh, a good place where you can actually see what old Wild West taverns were like. So you can actually walk around them and there's all sorts of instruments from the time. And there was like a giant, looked like a giant nail clippers, but it's like for cutting off your arms when your arms are gone gangrene or something. It's really weird. <laughs> but we went there and we saw rodeo and it, was, it felt really Western. It felt really cool. And know, I was so
2: proud of stuff. Outside Brady's right. in Dunboy and Dunboyne, they have the stone, and that was for people to get onto their horses. I thought that oh, was yeah, cool.
0: That's, yeah, that's really cool. Mm.
1: There's actually still loads of houses uh, in Dublin that have uh, things to tie your horse to. And like in no. Stony Batter, loads of houses have them, and loads of people tie their bikes to them now.
0: It's not that long ago, I guess. When you think no. About. We're about to jump into the territory of the Lincoln County War, which Billy played a relatively big part in. So at this stage, he's with the boys, he's rustling around the place and stealing the odd horse here and there. And him and his group, they start to work for a very large company called The House. So again, The Boys are now in The House. <laughs> Just, we'll keep it super simple. But The House was a very influential, sorry, The House was a hugely influential business who sold goods and cattle. And the way it kind of worked back then, if you were any anything in big business, you wanted a couple of rustlers on your side. The man who was in charge of the house was another Irish man called James Dolan, who would actually, be, he would make for quite an interesting episode too. But that's that's a story for another day. Yeah,
2: and his buddy so, Lawrence Murphy as well. Pardon? And his buddy Lawrence Murphy, the two of them seem to be in together.
0: Yeah, there was a lot of Irish people in cahoots over there riding horses, pecking around the place. And
1: doing an awful lot of dodgy business as well. I think all business. Like today. <laughs> <laughs> all business was a bit dodgy you now back then. Mm.
0: But anyway, so now we have... We have the boys in the house and James Dolan's at the head of the house. And James Dolan has run of the area. He's kind of got the monopoly. James Dolan had run of the area and he was very surprised when Englishman John Tunstall arrived and was determined to kind of take a piece of his pie in the sense that he wanted to set up his own rival company in the same area to compete with James Dolan's affairs. Dolan was pissed off at this. He wasn't happy. So he got his croonies, which were the boys, including Billy, and he sent them to steal some of Tunstall's horses.
2: Sorry, I think it's also important to remember Thunsell was an English man, Dolan and Murphy left Ireland because of the famine probably didn't want to be robbed again from that type of thing, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't want to blame I, it yeah. all on
2: the English, but, you know.
1: and the, <laughs> But it is mostly their fault. Um, <laughs> the interesting thing with the house is, like, we're saying how it was a big business, but it was more than that. It, they controlled, the, like you were saying, they had a lot of rustlers and stuff for themselves. But they also were kind of controlling the area and they would exact justice and they would kind of they controlled more than just business. So it seems yeah. that back then when you controlled business, you controlled everything. Essentially. Well,
0: and the, the sheriff is kind of the important thing to remember here. It's like each town kind of almost had its own very small law. And the law hmm. was determined by probably the wealthiest person in the town, because that
1: does kind of come into it soon enough. Yeah. And the sheriff was pretty deep in their pockets. Like he was pretty well paid off. Dolan ordered Billy to steal some horses and
0: unfortunately, Billy gets caught and he gets arrested again. So this is the third time we mention it, but I'm sure there's loads of other times as well. But these are the recorded ones. Strangely enough, while Billy was sitting in a prison, probably pondering how to escape, Tunstall visited him. So he visited the man who was hired to steal his horses and Tunstall really liked him. The two of them got along really well. While sitting in the prison, he offered Billy to work for him. He said, come work for me. I'll drop the charges against you and you'll get out of prison right now. So Billy accepted. So Billy then left the prison and began to work for Tunstall. So his former boss, his former boss's rival. While working for Tunstall's men, Billy this would be considered probably the best time in Billy's life. He was well respected by all the men and he built a great relationship with Tunstall. And in some ways, he probably saw him as a bit of a father figure.
2: Yeah, there's a quote from Billy himself on Tunstall saying that he was the only man who treated me like a decent and white. So.
0: Decent and white? yeah well, really yeah. strange
1: <laughs> i suppose yeah that's the no blacks no irish no dogs kind of time in in, in the states wouldn't it so irish yeah. would have been seen as quite low down so no being beast. treated with respect would have been quite rare i suppose for him especially being like an orphan kind of chucked out in his ear yeah it's yeah. probably the
2: first time someone actually properly respected him he gave an opportunity. Maybe we wouldn't jump at the opportunity, but I mean Billy was needed something, needed handed,
1: so um... Well he
0: said I'll hire you and take you out of prison right now. Who the who heck could say no? <laughs> yeah, to yeah that? okay, yeah. I would jump at that. Yeah, yeah you're right. It's like, yeah.
1: I'll get you out of prison and give you a job. Ooh, yeah. type bargain. What's mm. my what's my bargaining chip here? I <laughs> want well, like, like oh, ten any, days' holidays um... as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like any Western story though, this is only going to end in tragedy. So, one day, Billy was out riding... Billy was out with Tunstall and some of his men when the men saw turkeys and they disappeared off to hunt them for dinner. So, leaving just Billy with Tunstall as they were herding some cattle or horses. And out of the blue, a shot rang out and struck Tunstall in the head, dead. And the boys had returned to get their revenge on Tunstall.
2: I did see our old friend Dolan and Murphy were involved in this, so they got the sheriff at the time, William Brady, to... Go to go and arrest, um, Tonsil. So Tunsil and his men went out to actually look for him. Tunsel approached him, saying, "I can sort this out. There's, there's, there's nothing wrong here." And while he was approaching him, yeah, uh, he they just shot him. And really? Yeah. And then worse again. I saw. Well, this isn't probably worse. This is kind <laughs> of, you know, this is like when you're watching a film and the whole world is about to end, and then they kill a dog, and everyone's like, "That's disgraceful! What the hell?" <laughs> so they shot Tunsel, and then they also shot his horse. And I was like,
1: "Damn." Bastards! Like
2: that's that. That was the bit that I got eye at. So what
1: do to you? They also apparently like positioned him. Like they claimed that he had shot at them first while they were approaching. That was there what they said. So they had the arrest warrant from the sheriff, who we had said before was in the pockets of the house. So they the basically these lads went to the sheriff and said, "Can you put out a warrant for this lad?" And they went after him to allegedly bring him back alive. And they yeah, they shot him, but claimed that he shot first and positioned him in a way that made it look like he had attacked but it was negated by the fact that yeah they shot his horse so this would be probably the kicking point off
0: for the, for the Lincoln County War because Billy naturally he lost his father figure and his father figure's horse <laughs> <laughs> so the reason
2: why they killed the horse seemingly was because Tunsell loved horses so it was a real
0: fuck you and fuck your horse yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's... I, I don't know where I got this from, but my mom is a... was a sign language teacher. Uh, she retired. Um, but there's an insult in sign language that's like... It's like the finger and you slap it on the palm of your hand. But basically it means fuck you and fuck your dog. just thought it was interesting. Oh.
1: <laughs> that's actually really horrible. Well, you know, fuck you and fuck your horse. At least they didn't kill the horse. <laughs> I don't even have a dog, but I'm insulted more by that.
0: <laughs> so we digress. Surprise, surprise. Arrest warrants were issued for the boys... So, but here's, again, here's where it gets a bit complicated, because Billy knew that the boys were in the pocket of the sheriff. Being for revenge, Billy and his wonderfully named friend, Dick Brewer, went above the sheriff to the Justice for the Peace, which is kind of, well, yeah, like I said, it's above the sheriff or it's in a similar vein to a sheriff, because they knew the sheriff was in the pocket of Dolan. Uh, the, The Justice for the Peace was on their side. Arrest warrants were issued for Dolan and his men, and then Billy the Kid and Dick Brewer and I think a couple of other people were also deputized um, so Billy went from being an outlaw to suddenly being a sheriff deputy or, you know, a, to a representative of the, the department in the space of a day. So Billy rode off with Dick Brewer to search and issue a warrant for James Dolan and his men.
1: There seemed to be a lot of that going around at the time, like you'd put out a bounty or you'd deputize someone to go catch someone else because it was no centralized power. You had the sheriff be like, here, I'll give you permission like go Oprah just it. going
0: you get a deputise you get a deputise
1: <laughs> kind of no, it's, it's exactly like that yeah <laughs> that's almost exactly how it looked as
0: well Billy rode into town and confronted Dolan and you know he showed up he wanted revenge he was like I'm going to arrest you but little did Billy know Dolan had the sheriff there on the spot and the sheriff arrested Billy instead so Billy I think he was like deputised for about half an hour or something probably a couple of days <laughs> there was the a bit of was- an
2: accent coming through can you, can you push with that a bit more
0: with the accent?
2: Yeah, you had the.
1: What did the sheriff sound like? <laughs> I'm arresting you. <laughs> I am an officer of the law. Lo- no,
0: you don't do accents. I do not do accents. <laughs> you guys, jerks. I did. I once auditioned for a play, and I had to do Inner City Dublin, and uh, I was playing a gay saxophone player. And uh, I, we were. I went play. to do the interview. I went. I was the audition. And I tried to do Inner City Dublin like three times. And then he was like, okay, we'll just change the part. <laughs> we'll just change the character to not have that accent since you can't do it.
2: It's just because they you couldn't find anyone it. else that could play saxophone, I guess. I
0: couldn't yeah. really play saxophone though. Let's face it, folks. It was kind of just uh, the same riff over and over.
1: We we went to that play and at, at one point of the play, someone on the stage gave me a can and it was great. <laughs> That was all I remember about the play. It was, yeah, that was
0: nice. She That's part of her shtick. She comes out and gives out cans yeah, to everyone. That it was, was great. She, she was a nice. What type of can was it?
1: Uh, I think it was like Galahad. Oh, Galahad. lovely. Premium mm. beer. And room temperature Galahad as well it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been under the
0: lights. Yeah. So we're, we're miles away here, folks. I'm going to just bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> Billy and Dick are now too. imprisoned again. And then when they get out of prison, they're really pissed off. They go back to the justice order fella. Say the sheriff's been dicking them around. So he's like, well, fuck the sheriff. I'm going to deputize you guys again. And you go and fuck that guy's shit up. So now here is where we have a bit of a two sides. We have Dolan and his men and the sheriff. And then we have the order of the justice and Billy's men who became known as the regulators. So I don't know why they're known that. Maybe they're regulating. Actually, that makes sense. Is that a self-explanatory name? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
1: it's also just a great name for like a band or a group of justice seekers oh it's a brilliant name isn't it like regulators using their equalizers it's just like
0: the boys the house the regulators some sombrero jack or whatever his name is i think
2: yeah yeah so the first act of the regulators i guess was getting revenge for their old boss tonsil it was rumoured that they had a, a, a kill list and top of that list would have been William Brady, um, which was sheriff, the sheriff. William Brady. Sheriff, William. Give him full title. Mm. Uh, and also all the people that, he, that were with him. So this is where the order of the murders or the the, the killings gets a bit mixed up. So I'm going to just stick with one.
0: But this is basically war is kicked off and they just start, uh, they start killing left, right and centre. Mm. Essentially.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this is proper. There's no police out here. It's... the the up-and-comer of Tunstall's kind of group and the house who were the old guard essentially. They ambushed Sheriff Brady and his deputy and
0: the two of them were killed and then during the campaign of violence Dick was killed and a kid was wounded but he survived.
2: This is where it was a bit mixed up for me so I saw that they Billy was involved in his second, third and fourth murder in one go Um, so it was involving Frank Butler and Buck Morton I saw so they would have been part of the sheriff's uh, team, so they would have been part of the police
1: force. Or hmm. Would have been the police force. Were, they, back were then. they officially police or like deputized, or was was there any official police? Or anything? No, I,
2: I doubt. It. I say they were probably hmm. in the pockets of uh, Murphy and Dolan, and that was kind of right. they were the hired yeah. hired
1: hands, essentially. Yeah. yeah.
2: As I mentioned earlier on, the deaths, the order of the deaths isn't very clear. Um, so Ocean was saying that. William Brady, the sheriff, was shot. Um, the research I saw, it happened that way, or it also, it also happened a different way. So Billy, obviously, his first murder was Windy uh, a couple of years back, but uh, according to one source, he was involved in the second, third, and fourth in one go, which was known as the Blackwater Massacre. Um, so yeah, so the two of these men were uh, involved with the murder of Tunsel, and they would have been high up on the list that the regulators were after, um, and then the third guy was actually a fellow regulator, which they reckoned could have been a spy. And his name was William, McCl- McCl- William McCluskey, I think it is.
1: Okay. Yeah, I heard that uh, I, one of the source I saw said that William McCluskey was apparently like childhood friends with someone that was high up on the list from the house. So he allegedly protested and was shot because of that. Yeah. yeah, there was a...
2: Yeah, there's a bit of to and fro in there. So it was saying that they were going to bring the guys in and they were going to yeah. see if they can prosecute them in a legal fashion, I guess. Um, yeah. And it's rumored again that Billy was against this and he, he eventually got his own way and they murdered the two guys and McCluskey was the one that was, as you say, mm-hmm. trying to stop that. And that the canyon which they were shot in, that they were murdered in, is now known as Dead Man's Canyon.
1: Oh, yeah. Why?
2: I'm not too sure, actually. I, I didn't get time to research that bit. <laughs> What a coincidence. Yeah, yeah, While we're saying Billy was attributed... to, or These murders were attributed to, to Billy, uh, the whole Regulator team, or the gang, I guess, have to be given a share on this. So it wasn't just Billy that killed him. It was a bullet apiece for each of them.
1: Yeah. So even that is taking down his death toll from... was supposed to be like 21 kills all the way down to nine. And now it's even that nine is in question as well.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: As the war escalated, eventually Washington
0: had to get involved and they sent over soldiers to restore peace to the area. As well as that, a new governor was uh, appointed to the area, I guess, by the name of Lou Wallace. And his claim to fame was he wanted to sort Billy out as quickly as possible so he could go home and finish writing his book, which was Ben Hur. You guys know Ben Hur? it's like a christian allegory movie i thought it was like a hercules thing but then it's like called the story of jesus christ so i haven't a clue super muscly jesus or something the first thing the soldiers did was they revoked the status of the regulators so that again billy went from being a kind of deputized person to being a what do you call it like a um to being on the run outlaw outlaw yes exactly to being an outlaw that was a hard one to think about <laughs> Um, as well as that, they were trying to get the men to hand themselves in and they were offering amnesties to all the men. So say if you handed yourself in, we could turn around, we'll let you free, you'll get a full pardon, just please stop shooting everyone in the town. But the only person that didn't apply to was Billy because Billy was witnessed shooting the sheriff and that was seen as too serious a crime to be pardoned. So, unfortunately... I also
1: heard that uh, one of the, the, re- the stipulation was... you would be pardoned for any of the crimes in this war but if you had an outstanding warrant somewhere else that wouldn't you wouldn't be pardoned for that ah that makes sense so he could hand himself in and be pardoned for his involvement in the Lincoln County War but not for the murder of the sheriff
0: well he didn't stand a chance to be
1: honest yeah but no one else and it was kind of he was kind of getting a bit of a name for himself at this stage so it it was almost likely so yeah (laughs) well yeah but he was kind of taken as a little scapegoat almost like this stipulation was put in to kind of get him Oh, He, kind of he stuff, gets yeah.
0: he gets major scapegoated but I'm not quite Yeah, I'll, He gets major scapegoated later on. Yeah. For the Lincoln County War things came to a climax when the soldiers and Dolan's men had surrounded, I think it was like an attorney's office who was a friend of Tunstall and they were trying to get the regulators to come out to give up and it was a standoff. So with nowhere to turn to the men waited until night and then they all burst out of the house and just disappeared into the night and made their final well and they made another escape. So he'd evaded the authorities once again.
2: See me, didn't they light the house on fire and they were shooting all their guns and all their weapons at them? And no? Yeah,
0: Yeah. that sounds
1: about right. (laughs) Yeah. And the the wife of, I thought it was Tunstall's old house, no? Tunstall's attorney's house is what I read. Okay. So it was Tunstall's attorney's wife was in the house with the kids. And she was like, uh, she was playing the piano apparently. And when they set fire to the house, they were allegedly moving the piano to different rooms as one room got caught, like, fire oh, too much. This sounds like pure fiction. Oh, yeah, it yeah. sounds completely made up. But <laughs> I think it's just, I just love the image of like a house burning. They're like, oh, no, nope, let's. And, it's, it's, and, like, and, and the original. child's
2: still playing while they're doing
0: it. Oh, Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone's drinking,
1: having a raucous time, dodging bullets. Oh, I yeah. just think it sounds too great to not doing like a can, can or like, something, you know?
0: Again, we're about to go into a little bit of a relaxed time for Billy. It wasn't much, but they ended up escaping. Billy and the remaining regulators escaped to this place called Fort Sunmer, 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 Which was an old army fort that had been populated by soldiers, but that was long gone, and now it had been populated by Mexicans. And it was seems like a really nice, relaxing place full of, like, drinking and dancing. And, as I read, consorting with the local women.
2: Yeah, it was also where Billy... Had his sixth victim, so which was Texas Red Joe Grant, so another cool name that we have.
0: What do we have? Texas Red, Windy Sombrero.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and like Windy, Texas seemed to be a bit of a dickhead as well. He was obnoxious and a bit of a bully. So, um yeah, maybe he deserved it. Maybe Billy was just a good guy.
0: Hmm. But what <laughs> happened? You, you just killed him out of the blue, or what?
2: no? So this one's actually a bit of a funny one. So uh, they were in a bar again. Uh, Billy noticed that Red switched his crappy gun. So Red's crappy gun with his friend's nice gun that had an ivory handle. Um, And later on in the night, Billy asked him if he could have a look at it. So see me the gun, and again, this is like the piano. This is pure fiction. It has to be like the gun. Billy was looking at the gun. Uh, There was a couple of shots already fired earlier on the day. Seeing me to shoot a snake. So Billy.
0: (laughs) So specific. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
2: it's yeah yeah exactly so billy got the gun and he put it on the empty chambers so when the later on in the night when things kicked off when red kicked, took out his gun it would be on the empty chamber so he would draw a blank as such um so again That's so cool <laughs> um so yeah again things as as expected things get did kick off uh, red took out his gun tried to shoot billy Click, click, click. Nothing. Um, Billy shot him in the face. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. oh dear, They're dead, dead, uh... baby. Yeah. So again, there's no hard evidence on the details of this whole story, but we do know a man called Joe Grant was killed by William H. Bonney on that date. So
1: by a shot to the face. Oh
0: yeah. Dear, oh dear. At this stage, Billy's body count has kind of gotten gotten up. He's with his regulators in this Sumner Fort Sumner. But a lot of the regulators, because of the amnesty, they're going home, they're fecking off, and he's sick of this kind of life on the run. So Billy hatches a plan to try and barter his freedom. So the first person he has to do that with is Dolan. He has to go back to his former boss, former enemy, and apologize and try and get back into the posse and kind of see if he can make things right.
2: But he's not really his enemy. I think he's probably on the top of Dolan's list. Uh,
0: Dolan's kill
1: list, you think?
2: I mean, you know, he's causing havoc, so why not?
1: Sure. He would be, like... And he also betrayed him and left him, and yeah, I'd imagine he's not flavour yeah, of the month. this doesn't make that a much Christmas sense, card. because, they, like, I, I found this a bit,
0: a bit strange, because he, uh, of what I read, he goes to Dolan, they make a truce, and all is well, and then either that night or the next couple of days later, Billy is out with Dolan's men, when an attorney rocks up. There's so many characters in the story. But anyway, the, the long short of it is the attorney is out for Dolan. Dolan's men and Billy were not, well, Dolan's men weren't happy with the attorney and they shoot him dead. And Billy was like a feck. Like, the, I just wanted to try and get a bit of peace and not be involved in any killings. And suddenly, one day into this truce, he's witness to a murder of an attorney, which is a lawman. So it's obviously, someone's going to fight, someone's going to want retribution for this killing.
2: At the age of yeah. 21, you're telling me that Billy was tired and wanted to settle down? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like green pastures in the fields or the dust bowl, yeah, yeah. or who the fuck knows
2: I mean there was an to eventful five years to be fair yeah
1: well uh, a lot of people seem to be getting shot so life expectancy isn't that high so 21 is probably like 70 in like real yeah. person years.
0: and to make it out of the Irish slums in New York so he's doing he's doing yeah. pretty good
1: um, I did
2: see earlier that and we missed it that um, there was a reward put out for Billy uh, of £500. And I just looked up in to see how much that would be the equivalent of today, which is only about $12,000. So, you know, it wasn't about that valuable to them.
0: <laughs> they weren't that stressed. Mm-hmm. I guess he was killing bad people.
1: Yeah. Was he? Was it like wanted dead or alive kind of thing? Or I think it Did was you? dead or
0: alive. I think yeah. I read dead or alive.
1: Did they get a preference? Was there, if something was like wanted dead or alive, was there like... You get a Brucey bonus if they're alive, or is there any preference at all? It came it depended on each case. <laughs>
0: and didn't didn't they just hang them as well? So if they were, if you wanted dead or alive, they're just going to hang you, know?
2: Yeah, you but I guess it was if you wanted to do it yourself, you get that extra pleasure, you know?
0: Yeah, it doesn't seem that Billy killed for pleasure. Now I hate to say that, you know, but given his past, a lot of the killings seem to be fights for his life or fights to escape.
1: So that's yeah, one back thing into a corner say, kind of thing, right? Like backed into a corner. Yeah. Eventually. yeah. But, or or you know, a few back... two drinks on him. Yeah. yeah. But back to this kind
0: of situation. So Billy has witnessed Dolan's men killing the attorney. Billy realizes that there might be a way out for him. And initially he flees town. He gets out of there and the government's looking for him. The governor's pissed off, understandably. But then he decides what if he goes back to the governor and he agrees to testify against Dolan and his men. Would the governor give him a pardon? So the governor wants to get Dolan's men. The governor wants to get the people who killed this lawyer. So he was like, "Yeah, absolutely. Oh, grand. I'll give you." There's an actual quote, and he was like, "I will. If Billy testified against the men, then Billy would get off scot free with a pardon in your pocket for all your misdeeds." It's pretty nice.
1: Yeah, there's loads. You can see those letters as well. There's records of letters back and forth between him and the governor. Yeah, he was like really well spoken and he could write very eloquently as well. So it was kind of. Yeah, it was interesting. That's actually important later on as well for some... Talented kid. Yeah.
0: Here's where we get to one of the many stabs in the back that poor Billy had in his life. Billy showed up in court and he sold out Dolan's men, essentially guaranteeing them a conviction. When the governor was due to come and release Billy, because Billy was arrested at this stage, and he was meant to get his pardon and go anywhere, the governor was nowhere to be seen because presumably he wants to go home and finish writing Ben-Hur. I don't don't know why I really want to get Ben-Hur into here. (laughs) I've just determined... (laughs)
2: he could have just said he went back to Washington I think that just works as well
0: yeah that does Billy was arrested again and spent a few weeks in jail but naturally he escaped for another time this guy was slippy this guy was born slippy that's all I got to say about him
2: (laughs) I think it's yeah wasn't everyone all the reports and uh, sources I was reading was his slender frame so they weren't making handcuffs to fit his size so it actually came to an advantage so
0: or like bars on the walls who the fuck they could get up a chimney He's a little slender man, like... Yeah, I, just, I have no idea. I'll I'll like that guy in X-Man. Out. Did you ever see that guy in X-Man made of rubber who squeezes through the barriers? Rubber it really, man. It was really gross. A terrible superpower. <laughs> <laughs> he was eventually recaptured and believed that this was the end. So he was locked in his prison cell as his gallows were being built next door.
2: At this point, Billy had already killed the seventh victim and he was just moving on to his eighth and ninth, uh, which were... James our Deputy James Bell and Bob Olinger Um so as she was saying Billy was captured he was in prison he was meant to be safe and this was the end of him as we were saying there were two guards looking after him making sure that he didn't
1: escape at this point then Billy used his classic I need to go to the toilet routine thing to get out of the cell
2: and it was Deputy James Bell that brought him to the outhouse so the two of them went out left Bob by himself in there. On all accounts, James seemed to be a nice guy who Billy didn't want to hurt, but unfortunately he was in his way, so um, Billy got a gun, killed poor James. He made his way back into the prison, ran up a couple of stairs, he grabbed the sheriff's shotgun, and was this where he then shot the guy from the second window or the second floor? Yeah,
0: the the, the not the sheriff, but the other deputy. The sheriff was out of town yeah. for the weekend, but okay. the other deputy was coming back from a restaurant across the way. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. So he opened the window. He leaned out the window and he shouted, "Look up, old boy, and see what you got." And then he yeah. got a bullet in the face.
2: And or hello, so Bob was the other one I saw.
1: <laughs> yeah, hello, Bob is the one I heard. I heard he waited in the room. Well, one of the sources I saw was like he got the shotgun, waited in the room, and as Bob opened the door, he just went. Hello, Bob. Dang. And then shot him. There's,
0: <laughs> There's so either, many variations. Either is cool. Either way, you got a bullet in the head. Uh, the, yeah. the main speculation is, though, where the hand. So he went to the toilets, the outhouse, and he came back with a gun. So there was a lot of speculation as to did a friend hide the gun in the outhouse for him? Yeah, so, or did he
1: wrestle the gun off the, the first deputy? Yeah. yeah.
0: Who knows? Yeah, but so. this is when
1: he made his, like, announcement to the crowds, right? This is kind of what made him a cult hero. Oh, yeah, go on. We we probably all have different
0: stories on what happened now when he's yeah. escaped
1: for the final time. But
2: yeah. sorry, before we go into that, we have to remember that Lincoln was the biggest town in New Mexico at the, ta- at the time. Uh, a lot of police or a lot of people looking for Billy. So Billy to escape here was
0: a big, big deal anyway. And instead of riding his horse off into the sunset, he apparently danced in the streets to celebrate his freedom.
1: (laughs) I heard that he, like, ran through the whole place, grabbing as much guns as he could, and he got, like, eight or nine pistols, armed himself, went up to the roof, and started, like, shouting to the townspeople, like, I didn't want to do this. These people got my way. Um, I'm not a bad guy. I wanted wanted to come clean, and I got double-crossed. Uh, I don't want to shoot anyone. And then he held someone up at gunpoint, which probably didn't help his PR. Well, if he
0: grabbed eight guns and he was screaming, I don't want to shoot anyone waving <laughs> eight guns around. Yeah,
2: yeah. With, with two but, dead bodies behind him, like. Yeah,
1: <laughs> But apparently then at the gunpoint told some guy to, you know, saddle up a horse for him. And then he, that's how he skipped out of town. Yeah, just went into the mountains and chilled out there for must, a bit. There must be a lot,
0: a lot of this must be real.
1: Well, yeah. So a lot of the problem with it is that Almost immediately, I mean, I know I'm skipping forward, but almost immediately after he died, people started writing stories about Billy the Kid because of this kind of stuff and this kind of cult, yeah, um, like status. So the facts got muddied immediately.
2: I guess some people could be wondering why Billy didn't just flee New Mexico, but uh, according to sources, he fell in love with a a local or a native. I think it was actually on some sources said, um, and that's why he didn't leave. Pat Garrett, who arrested Billy uh, previously, used his love for this lady uh, in, for his advantage. So he went, called at her house, asked him where Billy was, and that's exactly how they found where Billy was hiding. Garrett and his two deputies, uh, John Poe and Thomas McKinney, went to a ranch where Billy was hiding. Uh, they stayed there overnight until Billy did come in. Billy walked in the door, he saw two shadows. Uh, sitting on his bed, he he called out, "Is anyone out there?" Uh, seemingly in in Spanish. Yeah, uh,
0: cómo cómo es? Or what do he say? Uh, I don't have Anthony. ¿Quién? ¿Quién? Something. You speak Spanish, Cuyen. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. it's ¿Quién? ¿Quién? Something.
2: Um, and yeah, nobody responded, and Gareth just didn't took the or took a chance, so he he recognized Billy Sombrero, said that has to be him. Drew his revolver and just shot him twice. shot Billy in the chest twice
1: yeah it's pretty like anticlimactic isn't it like after all his escapes he's like in the darkness just been like who is it who is it and then he shot pretty much well, like
0: the, the account I was reading like your man Pat was sitting on the bed talking to the friend of Billy's when Billy walked in and yeah the way they kind of describe it is probably it was the first time in Billy's life that he didn't react you know mm. he stopped and he thought mm. for a second and that's probably what got him killed as opposed to the way he'd usually shot first and ask questions later this was more like they just got him when he was least susceptible or least expected, it. I guess. Yeah. Was, yeah, he, it, was,
1: he was getting old at this stage. He was 21. <laughs> yeah, it's getting on. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, God. In Billy the Kid years. Garth wrote a his biography in 1882, so two years after the death of Billy. Uh, and in this, he says that Billy never spoke. And he recalled that a, a struggle or two, a little strangled sound. And as he gasped for his breath, the kid was with many of his victims. So, no, that was it.
1: Yeah. It's a weird one, though, because he's the guy who killed Billy the Kid, and he's the one writing. Uh, he wrote The book he wrote was called The Authentic Life of Billy the Kid. And the reason he wrote it was because immediately after he died, like six weeks after he died, there was loads of these novels coming out about him. So, he had become a cult hero, especially in the Hispanic community, because um, he was very popular. It's, it's interesting. So, these, like, they were called dime novels. So, yeah, things that costed books that cost a dime, and he, Billy the Kid, was a huge fan of them. So, he became a hero in. Uh, Trashy, weren't they? Slightly trashy. Yeah, they were. They were like, yeah, they were pulp fiction of their day. Yeah, they they just kind of made up stories immediately. Like, they were just like, Billy the Kid just became the term for any cowboy figure. Yeah, any
0: sort of mad story from the Wild West.
1: Yeah, Yeah. he
2: was nearly a legend before he died. I guess people were claiming to be Billy the Kid to strike fear into people
1: do you remember do you remember earlier i said that billy the kid was born in 1859 or 1861. Mm -hmm. so the reason that that's kind of controversial is because pat garrett who wrote the book on billy the kid said it was 1859 which would have actually made billy 21 but a lot of sources say or sorry pat garrett said so pat garrett is the one who said he was born in 1859 rather than 1861 so it would have made him 21 but a lot of sources claim that he was born in 1861 which actually made him 19 so people are saying that Packard fudged the numbers to make him not seem like he had just killed a teenager not vilify him as much okay yeah
2: you wonder why though I mean surely if he was one of the most wanted men in the country had rumored to kill 21 if not 9 people Surely it was kind of justified.
1: Yeah, but it just kind of throws a bit of shade on Pat Garrett. He's not the most um, unbiased writer, I guess. But he did actually write a cool intro to the novel. Did you see this? No. He said, I am incited to this labor in a measure by a thousand false statements that have appeared in public newspapers and in yellow covered cheap novels. So he was like, I didn't want to write this. This was like a year after he died. He killed him so it's like I, I didn't want to write this novel i had to because there's so many lies and then immediately he, he yeah yeah here he was born so i'm an artiste
0: yeah. one, one thing i liked about the interpretations of billy the kid is that they they changed to, this is this is complex and i had trouble figuring it but they the interpretations of billy throughout the years changed to suit the narrative of the time so say if there was poverty or whatever that was when billy was uh, fighting for the poor or if there was like famine i don't really know what the great the greatest examples are but it's like billy's kind of narrative changed as the socioeconomic structure changed
2: okay so, so that's cool they made him fit the struggle at the time yeah mm-hmm. exactly
1: a lot of people believe and there's a lot of some people give a lot of credence to the fact that billy actually didn't die that day okay
2: tell us more connor
1: so darry you mentioned that pat Garrett took a shot in the dark at someone who he assumed was Billy the Kid, right?
2: Yeah, based on the hat that he was wearing.
1: Yeah, and there's a couple of theories. The biggest theory is that he didn't actually shoot Billy the Kid and he ended up shooting uh, another... Sombrero Jack! (laughs) Not Sombrero (laughs) Jack.
2: It all comes full circle.
1: Uh, he yeah. So he shot another kind of outlaw gunslinger, but no, he wasn't officially allowed to kill him. So he had got a warrant for Billy, and so in theory he shot this kid, who he then passed off as Billy the kid. So Billy the kid then took this as his opportunity to have a free life, and Pat Garrett was like, "Yep, no, I shot him, and just don't question it." That that does happen okay. with a lot
2: of famous figures, though. Like you think you hear. Hitler Conspiracy after theory, the war and you know, he's down in Argentina or, you know, yeah. Uh, who else? Yeah. Sugar the horse. <laughs>
0: oh, the guy with all the gold. The guy who stole, like, or no, the guy who stole a million, anyway, the guy who stole a million dollars and jumped out of a plane and was never seen again. No one knows. Oh, Elvis.
2: Everyone thinks Elvis is still alive.
1: He is. Yeah, he is. And he's living in Tremor or something, isn't he? Tremor, is it? But the idea that Billy survived and lived a long kind of happy life was given a bit of, I don't want to say credence because there's a lot of problems with this story, but allegedly he lived until like the 1950s, which is mad to think about. It was that recent, you know? Hmm. And there's two versions uh, of this kind of story. So it was a bit weird. So about 70 years after Billy the Kid allegedly died, a guy called Joe Hines... In Texas made a really interesting confession to his lawyer and he said that he had been masquerading all these years as Joe Hines but he was actually Jesse Evans right. but he was actually Jesse Evans who was a famous Wild West outlaw who like completely disappeared in 1882 I think and he said he knew a guy called Ollie Roberts who is known now as Brushy Bill but he was actually Billy the Kid so he had been living out as Brushy Bill Roberts in okay. Texas for years. Uh, and apparently he said he, when he fled, he got away that night, ran, ran away. He heard the gunshot, ran away, found a long lost cousin who had just died and just kind of took his place. Right. Makes sense. But did, uh, didn't Brushy
0: Bill present himself
1: as well and claim it too? Yeah. So th- this lawyer kind of got in contact with him and wanted to see if he could get him pardoned. But he wanted to make sure that this was... You know real so yeah the real deal the guy had a couple of claims that were pretty fun that he used to claim that he was billy the kid so he was firstly really really good at getting out of handcuffs that was his like big trick he was like look how easy i can slip out of these so which that was one billy of he was claims. too exactly mm. yeah so um he also knew a lot about the lincoln county war and about billy the kid and he, even he knew stuff that weren't like wasn't well publicized like wasn't Talked about too much, like he knew Billy the Kid's lawyer's name, and he should have tested his Irish speaking. Hmm. Yeah, that would have been yeah, wise, wouldn't it? That would have been. Well, we don't actually know if Billy the Kid spoke Irish. That so was just, oh yeah, true okay. as well. um But the other thing that was really convincing is he met a couple of old Wild West gunslingers, and they all met him separately and were convinced by him, and they even signed like affidavits saying, "Yeah, this is Billy the Kid. We believe it's him."
0: And his body uh, had, and, like, knife and
1: gunshot wounds, didn't he? Exactly, he scars, yeah, he yeah. had scars almost exactly matching Billy the Kid's. Um, So it was, like, all adding up in his favour. However, he does have a half-sister who was saying, no, I've known him my whole life. That's Ollie. <laughs> he's he's a liar. He's been a liar his whole life. Uh, it's not him. Uh, and remember earlier we said Billy had letters to the governor, Luke Wallace, at the time? Oh, yeah, you are saying the handwriting, yeah yeah so we were not even sure that brushy bill was even literate we're not sure he could even write <laughs> God. um which yeah again that wasn't good uh and another kind of fairly damning piece of a uh, kind of bit of information is that he also claimed uh earlier to have been in the jesse james gang and he went to court to contest someone who had claimed that they were jesse james so jesse james also disappeared. And he went to court saying, I was in the Jesse James gang. That's not Jesse James. So So maybe he just likes to do that in his old age. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of, yeah. And uh, there's a, yeah, another, so that was all pretty damning. And then it turns out that his birthday was in 1879. So he would have been two years old when Billy the Kid came to take his place. So Billy the Kid would have been either 19 or 21 and apparently seamlessly just stepped into the shoes of a two-year-old long-lost cousin and nobody noticed. They're <laughs> like, Oh, the baby's mm. got big recently. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of stipulations. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So they were trying to get all this. There's still a lot of people who believe it, Um, And the, he went to the governor to get a pardon. So the governor at the time was then kind of messaging, like, sending him letters and been like, yeah, come in and have a chat. And the governor accidentally leaked that uh billy the kid is coming and huge like loads of reporters appeared outside and kind of ambushed him and asked him loads of questions and he got really flustered and couldn't answer like basic billy the quid questions what is your name billy the quid (laughs) billy the quid (laughs) billy the quid that's what they
2: said to him and then he was like he didn't cop it that it was the wrong name
1: exactly yeah um (laughs) he was just a paid impersonator
0: And then he he died quite soon after all this hubbub happened. So it, they never I, they never could quite prove or disprove it, I guess. But yeah, for, uh, it but sounds like it wasn't him.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's definitely not true. But nah. it was fun for Well I was like, yeah, researching it. You're like, wow, well, And he had the scars and he knew. It was yeah, 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 you want then, you want it to be true. So <laughs> oh, you, you kind definitely of go with it. You do. Yeah.
0: Well, they um, did try and um, they did try and get him pardoned. And the I don't know who it was. Maybe the Texas. And why would I say? That? Either way, they tried to get him pardoned with the police, and the police were like, no. <laughs> like as in of yeah. course they're not gonna pardon this guy killed a lot of fucking cops like
1: yeah and it was based on the old um thing the governor had originally told him oh the yeah. original
0: pardon oh yeah. okay that makes so sense yeah
1: yeah before we finish up well this is kind of on his legacy there's since then there's been obviously so many books written about him like even weeks after he died all these stories started coming out and all the books uh but also there's been like 50, 40 or 50 movies all with the name Billy the Kid in the title. So not even just Billy the Kid being a character. He's just like ubiquitous with any time you need a generic Western cowboy. But there's a, a movie which I want to see because yeah, I couldn't get a copy of it. But it's Billy the Kid versus Dracula, which came out I, in 1966. I did <laughs>
2: see that. That looks brilliant. <laughs> it looks so good. And Dracula, oh, he's Dracula he's was it. written by an Irish man. So, I mean, perfect.
1: Oh, <laughs>
0: We need to smoke a lot of weed and watch Billy the Kid versus Dracula.
1: <laughs> oh, God. It's it just, I don't know what it is about. I don't know. Do you, did you see any of the plot? Or like...
2: No, I just saw the the kind of the promo photo or whatever, the, the picture of the two of them and it looks excellent.
0: Well, that's the life of Billy the Kid, folks. He, well, Yeah, you know, kind of like um, quite relevant today. People love an anti-hero and Billy was kind of the quintessential anti-hero. He only killed, he never, need, he never killed a man that didn't need killing. No, that's not true. He killed a lot of men that could have used not being killed. But um, he did it all to try and be free and ride off into the West and, you know, stirrups and all that stuff. We would encourage you to have a look and have a read, especially watch Billy the Kid versus Dracula. But there's so many different variations. That is the primary (laughs) source for this podcast. Yeah, well, it's to chase these sources down is very, very tough. So you'll get a lot of stuff. So I feel like there is meat in there, but it just kind of it's important to listen to what everyone has to say, I guess.
1: Except for Brushy Bill.
0: Brushy Bill sounds shit crazy
1: yeah but i mean even if you research it and you find out things are completely untrue the stories are all great like yeah, those they're... are old dime novels you can look up and see old examples of them and they're just mad it's all like proper cowboy stuff i'd love to learn about the people
0: in the wild west who just retired in the early 1940s and they're just like you know we used to be gunslingers and outlaws and now we just sit here and watch our television
1: because yeah you will be like so tired of that life by like 25. Oh yeah, well yeah. 25 is 100 I think in cowboy years. Mm. I'd assume a lot of them became prospectors and and that kind of thing, right? Probably, yeah. Well, you kind of just you yeah, outlaw just your way bunch.
0: towards outlaw your way towards legal work and then you just become a civilian, I guess.
1: I'm not sure too many of them lived that long to reach retirement. Like I don't think retirement is really a thing. Oh, sorry.
2: I don't know if it's the Bob Dylan, but I'm looking at a film called Packard on Billy the Kid and it stars someone called Bob Dylan. I can only assume. And I don't even look it up. <laughs> I, It is Bob Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> and Billy the Kid gets the... around. Hey, hey, Billy the Kid.
1: That's <laughs> just, my Bob Dylan impression. That's quite good, in fairness to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that brings us to the end of the story of Billy the Kid. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed recording. And join us back next week when we will be discovering another Irish person's story.
2: It was Bob Dylan.